You are listening to a true gospel perspective from our Macedonia Baptist Church ministerial staff. We pray that this message will be a true blessing to you. Bible is our blueprint for eternal life. I'm going to say that again. The Bible is our blueprint for eternal life. Yes, I, I love that scripture in John 4 that stresses to us that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God's word is the infallible truth. I have nothing to give you but the word of God. That's what I'm striving to declare upon you. And my guideline and blueprint is for me to understand that God is the author of the Bible. God is. Yes, and his primary subject is God's love. Yes, yes. His main character in the Bible is God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Yes, the inspiration of the Bible is God's Holy Spirit. For holy, holy men wrote as they were inspired by God. And finally, finally, brethren, God's revelation is disclosed unto us in Revelation to have us understand that the path to, to the kingdom of God is only through his word. His word, his word. So I invite your attention, if you will, to Luke, yes, the 10th chapter. Luke, the 10th chapter. Yes, yes, yes. You get there, you can give me a shout of amen. All right, I heard a few. So that's a key that we can carry on. Luke, the 10th chapter. As we read from this 10th chapter, five verses, beginning at verse 38. Reading from the King James Version. 10th chapter. Verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, doest thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, 
Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Our theme is found in verse 41 and 42. Listen. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen, yes, that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Our theme, good deeds, doesn't qualify for God's kingdom. Let me say that again. Good deeds doesn't qualify for God's kingdom. You know, you, you yes, Lord, you have a lot of good people in this world. And you find among the religious community and in our social environment many people that are striving to perform good deeds. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, a lot of you all are happy right now because of our government and the, the, the package that they, they, they sent out to you when you got your, your, your stimulus check. That was a good deed. A lot of people needed that money. A lot of people are helped by receiving that money. But it doesn't qualify, yeah, for the kingdom of God. No, no, it, it, it doesn't qualify. But when, when, when you look at this particular book, Luke, Luke's gospel is, is, is known as one of the synoptic gospel. It, 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 it shares a, a common view with uh, Matthew and, and, and Mark. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Each one highlighted, yes, specific points concerning Jesus' earthly ministry. You see, see, Matthew wrote to show Jesus as king of the Jews. Mark wrote to identify Jesus as the servant who came to give his life a ransom for many. Yes, yes, yes. And, 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 and Luke wrote, get this now, Luke wrote to affirm Jesus' divinity by emphasizing Jesus as the son of God and as Jesus, in his humanity, the son of man. Now, now, the powerful thing about Luke is the fact that he was the only Gentile of the group. And being the only Gentile, that wasn't the only thing. What was highlighted about him, he was known as the physician. Now, you know physicians are detailed men. They are men that practice the science. So 
that carried over into his gospel. And he emphasized to us in this text. He places great emphasis on the soul of man. He's interested in the essence of man's being, their attitude. Who are you? What are your intentions? What are, yes, yes, your purpose? What is your goal in life? These are the things that Luke is addressing in this particular chapter. Yes, yes, yes. He, he, yes. He gives an accurate account of the life of Jesus as the perfect human and savior of the world. So therefore, Luke's gospel is clearly written to Gentile converts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. yes, yes, yes. Uh, for your information, you could look at Luke, the second chapter, verses 31 and 32, and, and you find there an example where he traces Christ's genealogy back to Adam the father of the human race. While we look at Matthew, on the other hand, it traces Christ's genealogy back to Abraham, the father of the Jewish people. Yes, yes. You see, Luke is simply Recording for us the profound effects that Jesus had on those that encountered him. And, and my question to us today, you, you, we got a lot of religious folk in the church. And, and, and in the church... and. And in the political arena, as well as in our society, there are a lot of people that are interested in titles. We, 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 we do. We, 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 we place great emphasis on titles. Matter of fact, in the, watch out, Reverend In the religious community, woo, have mercy, Lord. In, in, in the conventions, uh, I've seen more presidents and vice presidents and executives in all these titles. And everybody wants to make a good impression. But they also want to be identified by their titles. And if you miss the title, you're on the bad side. So it's always quid pro quo. You understand what I, 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 watch out, Reverend Register, stay in your vein. But the point is, why are you working so hard in the church? Are you working to impress or to be impressed? If we look at 
Luke, please note the actions of the attitude that is revealed. He covers three key points. Yes, he does. Yes, he deals with, yes, one's intention, one's purpose, and one's objective. That's what he's after in this 10th chapter. And it's clearly outlined for us to see when you look at those first 20 verses. We see the religious experts. And well, now I'm sorry. He deals with the disciples. The 70 disciples that were sent out. Now they were sent to do a work. And they were sent to carry the message that the time is at hand. And to convert the hearts and souls of those through powerful signs and and great works and wonders. But then when they came back to Jesus. Watch this now. And they began to talk with him. Read that 20th verse. And Jesus was talking with them. They were all excited. Man we cast out devils. Man we did great work. We were doing great things. And Jesus had them to understand. You got the wrong attitude. You looking at the works. I'm the one who sent you. I'm the one who empowered you. And when I empowered you, I empowered you for a purpose. But what you ought to rejoice in is the fact. Read it. It's in that 20th verse. You ought to rejoice, 21. You, you ought to rejoice in the fact that your names are written in heaven. That's what it should be about when we look at our intention. Then uh, the religious expert was the one that wanted to challenge Jesus while he was teaching. And he asked him, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus simply, I love the art of polemics. Jesus was very classic when he did this. He simply said to them, listen. He said to him, what does the book say? Oh, he rallied it off. You know, you know how you are. You have those Bible students want to show off, show you what you want to do when you're teaching Bible class. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy increase, and love thy neighbors as thyself. He recited it all, but it had no content. It had no significant meaning to the legal expert. So Jesus pointed out to him in the parable. And I like that for the fact of the matter is parables are usually a mystery to the unsaved. But unto us who are saved, it's given to us that we should know. 
the inspired word of God. Ain't that right? We should. The inspired word of God, the truth. So he gave him the parable of the Samaritan. Matter of fact, we call him the good Samaritan. But he pointed out in there, first of all, the priest. Watch out, Reverend Register. The priest, the officer of the temple, passed by a man that was beaten and left for dead. Yes, on the Jericho Road. You know about Jericho Road. That's where a lot of thugs hang out at. You know what we have going old school on 12th Street. For you all that might know, if you hung out on 12th Street or what they call in the old, old school Hastings. Some of you might know something about that where you had all the gangs. You had all the crooks and criminals. You had all the pedophiles and everybody looking to prey on them that are vulnerable. Yes. The man was left for dead and the priest saw it and walked to the other side. After him, the Levite, one of the officers in the temple, he came by. And he came and looked at the man, looked at his condition, and walked on about his business. Well, I, I don't know what he was thinking when he did it, but Lord have mercy. But then the Samaritan, usually the one that doing that circle, they didn't care anything about the Samaritans simply because they didn't qualify. They wasn't good enough. You know, they, those are those so-called Jews that were mingled. That's what the history discloses. But it, it was impactful that he saw the man, went to him, got the man, put him on his donkey. He cared for him, mended his wounds, took him to the inn, left him there, and then he gave the money for the man to be taken care of and said to him, if this is not enough, on my way back, I'll pay you the rest. So he asked the legal experts, which one of these men honored the word of God? He said, the one that helped the man. But he didn't recognize the fact that him being a Jew and an expert of the word of God is about more than just helping the man. It's about the attitude behind helping the man. We shouldn't have an ulterior motive other than obeying God's word. Come on, Reverend Register. Yes, I got to say this. Uh, I know some of you probably don't like it you probably done talked about me on a number of occasions when I first came to Macedonia Baptist Church when I came to Macedonia Baptist Church I was impacted by the program in the program you had a list of men that were working in the church but what captured me was Pastor Charles Twyman laboring in the word of God and I watched him week after week before I united with the church he had a great concern for humanity he showed that evidence that he was concerned about the people and then when I looked in the program 
he, it said in that program, listen, to preach the gospel of God, teach the worship of God, and reach the world for God's glory. That's it, preacher. This is where you should be. This is where you need to belong at. Came to the church, and, and the pastor, watch this now, the pastor's anniversary was coming up. Watch this, Reverend Register. Go ahead. Tell the story. Help somebody in there if you can. I'm here to help somebody. Understand something. Lord Jesus. And, 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 and they were talking about collecting the, the pastor's anniversary. And they're asking for $100. Reverend Register said, Lord, have mercy. This man labored in the word of God for 30 plus years at that time. I just, wow, here I am. I'm simply telling you the truth. Lord knows my spirit was uneasy. There's no way I could give a man that labored in the word of God, teaching God's people, saving souls, comforting families, in their distresses, helping, yes, and it's the hallmark of this church today, the hallmark of those that are in need. Watch this now. It's all about attitude. So I can't do that. I can't put $100 in the offering and say that I'm helping the man of God. So I sat it across the pulpit, not bragging, but that I love the man of God and I respect God's man. I respect the church. And I will not give less than a thousand dollars to help the man of God. It's an insult when you're born again. That's all I'm talking about. That's all Luke is laboring in. So here's the setting. As we go forth, y'all and got quiet on me and you looking at me all cross-eyed, but I'm telling the truth. It's all about attitude. That $1,000 that I gave annually don't mean nothing. God, keep on blessing me. Every day, he keep on blessing me. Yes. I love that song. I just stand. Be thank God, the glory of God. Oh, God is good. All the time. God is real. And he honors his word. Yes, there my wife sitting over there. God just keep on blessing me. Because I recognize that it's not about impressing anyone. But it's all about being impressionable. And when God has changed your life, you can't help but to honor God's word. Glory to God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Can I sidebar for just a minute, please? I, I, I got to tell the story. This is my testimony in my sermon this morning. I got to tell the story. Yes, 
I grew up poor and bewildered. Yes, Lord. I grew up under conditions and circumstances that I didn't believe that I would see 16 years old. Yes! My hero at that time was my father. Yes, he was. And he still is. After God got through working with me, but a tragedy hit our home when we were little kids. I was about 12 years old. And my daddy and my mother had fallen out. And my daddy murdered my mother. And life for us became a living hell. The people that we put confidence in betrayed us. We didn't know where our meals would come from. And the guardians that was appointed over our family mistreated us. They said that everybody was poor at that time and they relied on ADC, Aid for Dependent Children. And I would get the little red wagon and I'd pull the wagon over there on Woodward Street and I'd get the pottage meat, the cheese, and the good old peanut butter and all that good stuff because they were taking, when I say they, the guardian that was keeping us were taking our money and gambling it away and giving it to her young boyfriend. So we were hungry, and the only time we could get a decent meal is when we got that once a month surplus. And it lasted just for a little while. Didn't have a decent pair of shoes to put on my feet. I had to borrow my cousin clothes to go to school. But I had to stand at the bottom of the stairs and wait for everybody in the classroom to get upstairs so I wouldn't let them see my feet because the sole of the shoes were wore out. And I'd take a little piece, yes, of linoleum and put it in the shoe, but it wouldn't last long, Lord have mercy, Jesus. But by the time I got to the school, it was nothing left. And when I got to school, my cousin, Lord have mercy, he didn't know what he was doing at the time. He would tell me, boy, take off my pants. You don't even have a decent pair of pants to put on. Yes, we were poor. Yes, I struggled. But thanks be to God. Come on, Reverend. Oh, glory to God. I followed the wrong people in the wrong direction. Got caught up on the streets. And I was going to make it any way I can. Yes, I became a thief. I robbed people. I mistreated people. I broke the people home. And I robbed the church just trying to survive. But thanks be to God, he touched my life. <laughs> yes, he changed me from that old rugged thug on the streets of Detroit and had the audacity to make me a preacher. Have mercy, Lord. 
But I sought to kill my daddy. I went to kill him. I went to murder him for all the hell we went through. But God wouldn't let me. He talked to me and he had me to understand that I had mercy on you. Why you were messing with all these people that you heard it in Detroit. And you got the audacity to go get this man and to kill him. Forgive your daddy. Thanks be to God. It's all about attitude. That day when I forgave my daddy, I never looked back. So yes, when I look at my fellow man, I look at him through the eyes that Jesus has blessed me with. When I strive to help somebody, I help them with the right attitude. So this is the message that I'm trying to convey to you today. Yes, Jesus was on a mission. When he got to Martha and Mary's house, Jesus had them to understand something. And that's what's important that we look at in this particular book. Especially in the close of the book. That verse 41 and 42. It was all about two sisters' attitude. Yes, that's what it's about. It's about their intention. And, yes, their purpose and their objective. Yes, Lord. You see, Martha wanted to follow Jewish customs of hospitality. You picked it up from Abraham. You can read it anytime you get ready in the 18th chapter of Genesis. Just follow that. In Hebrews, it reminds us, be careful of how you treat strangers, for some have entertained angels unaware. So she wanted to practice this thing. So she begins to fix a well-dressed dinner. Who would not do that for Jesus? I could understand that. It's a good thing to want the host to the best of your ability. But she was missing the point. Jesus didn't come to be served, yeah, but Jesus came to serve. And it was Mary that sat at the feet of Jesus. Glory to the Lamb of God. I just want to ask you a question right now. What is your intentions when you come to Sunday morning service? What is your purpose when you attend the service and what is your objective you see she had her priorities in the wrong order she was worried about how she was going to impress Jesus rather than being impressionable by Jesus that's what Mary did she sat at the feet of Jesus oh glory to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. And when she sat at the feet of Jesus, he had her to understand she deserved the best part. She qualified. I just want to close with this story. I'm reminded of when I watched the movie Apollo 13. It was a powerful and impacting movie. 
It was based upon a true story about three astronauts. Jim Lovell, Fred Hayes, and Jack Swagger. Their goal was to land on the moon. But they had a mechanical problem that changed the course of their objective. And so they were left stranded out in space. And they called back to the network. And that's NASA who's supposed to guide them through their course. NASA had to come up with a well-laid plan just to get them back to Earth. But when they were orbiting the moon, they recognized their designated landing place. And you saw, yes, Fred and Jack Swagger were marveling at the spots where they were supposed to land. And they kept on talking about it. And then Jim had a moment of epiphany. He looked and he saw earth way off in the distance. He looked over to Jack and Fred and said, listen, what is your intention? I want to go home. I took that story and came up with this metaphor. I'm on my way home. I'm looking to Jesus to get me home. Yes, on this journey, you might get sidetracked sometime, but I'm still looking to Jesus. I boarded the old ship of Zion a long time ago, and Jesus is the captain. I'm relying on Jesus to get me home and heaven is my eternal home. Yes, I like John when he asked the question, are thou the one or should we look for another? Jesus began to read his resume. He said, blind eyes have been opened. I've healed the sick. I've fed the hungry. Don't worry about a thing. I am the one. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Glory to the Lamb of God. Look at Jesus. He stopped off at Mary and Martha's place. But he was on his way to Calvary. Yes, they marched him from Judgment Hall to Judgment Hall. But Jesus never said a mumbling word. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, they took Jesus, marched him up to Golgotha, hung him between two thieves, pierced him in the side. Out come blood and water and the old writer pen. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners 
blood beneath the flow lose all their guilt and stain. Thank you, Jesus. He died, was taken down and buried in a bar or two. But oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Early. Early. On the third day morning, he got up with all power in his hand. What are your intentions? What are your ambitions? Yes. What is your motive? What is your goal? We hope you enjoyed this message today. And we pray that it was a true blessing to you. If you are interested in learning more about Pastor Charles D. Twyman and the Macedonia Baptist Church family, you can reach out to us at www.mbcdet.com. Thank you, and God bless you.